following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. All right, 14.20 in the morning for this fifth day of April 2023. Today's show is brought to you by Caldera Lab and CalderaLab.com. Use promo code 1420LAB at CalderaLab.com and get 20% off their uh, all-natural men's skincare products. Uh, I got it, got it upstairs. Or actually, I got the, the products down here. I got some stuff upstairs as well. Uh, to already making my uh, my skin get back to its youthful exuberance, like I said earlier on. Thank you very much once again to Cody Hall for the opening opening waiting room song, Made My Day. She's a staple down here at the 1420 World Headquarters and down in the Yankee Tavern North. Uh, thank you for making this a part of your day as we do our every day here on Facebook Live and I uh, YouTube live. I think we float around Twitter or wherever it is. And anyways, uh, the Calgary Flames, another lackluster effort last night uh, in a game that they pretty much have to win. I mean, you have to win all, all the games, but it gets to this point in the season where you uh, you get in a little bit of trouble. And like I've said before, I don't know if this is a Brent original or where it all came from, but when you become a mathematician, your team's probably in trouble. And right now, the Calgary Flames and their fan base are mathematicians. They got to beat this team, got to beat that team. They got a big game tonight in Winnipeg, but I don't know if it's going to matter a whole bunch with the, the the effort that they put in last night. I had it down here, down in, it, watching in the tavern last night. Uh, I had the Yankee game on as well and everything else going on. Uh, it's a sports fans paradise right now, but you watch that Flames team last night, a lackluster effort almost to a man, bad goaltending, bad forwards, uh, lack of effort. I thought that Sutter didn't coach that team very well last night, running four lines when you shouldn't be benching the wrong guys, having the wrong guys out there as it was going on. The game was a, it was a dud. Those, those are, that uh, losing to a team like Chicago, who as a, a franchise is trying to lose games in the hunt for Connor, Connor Bedard to get that the phenom out of the Regina Pats, who's lighting it up in the Washington Hockey playoffs, by the way. But to, to lose to a team like the Chicago Blackhawks last night, when a game that you have to win, and, and th- that could be a basically just what your season is and that's who you are we say it all the time uh, at some point you are who your record is maybe that game last night is just who the calgary flames are and what they are as a franchise it's not a good sign right last night like i said the like chicago team that has no business being in there. They're just playing out the string, and Calgary's supposed to be playing for their playoff lives and trying to get in, into into the play into a playoff spot, which is a dangerous thing because if you just become mediocrity, we'll talk about that in a second. But mediocrity, uh, you, you strive for mediocrity and rarely attain it. That's what you usually are. You're mediocre, and as a franchise for a long time, that's what the Calgary Flames have been. They always laugh at the Vancouver Canucks. Like us, us Alberta hockey fans are kind of funny. How uh, actually hockey fans right across the country we laugh at the Vancouver Canucks for being mediocre for forever and just making the playoffs. It happens in Calgary year after year. You look at their, their playoff success over the last how many years, there hasn't been been much. They might fall into a, a playoff uh, uh, playoff round once or twice or twice. They usually lose in the second round. They don't get to the third very often. You think about the last time they had a, any uh, any amount of success was 2004, which is a very, very long, long time ago. That's 19 years ago. And that only happened because of a, they fell into a goaltender by the name of Mika Kiprasov that, that everybody else pretty much gave up on. Like in San Jose, that's where he came from. They gave up on him because they had other guys in net. Insider knew him from, from coaching there in the past. And that's why the Flames ran into success from uh, at that point. But it, was, uh, it wasn't very much uh, 
not much success since then. You, you look at uh, that that game last night. Nazem Kadri was an absolute embarrassment. He shouldn't. He was the cause of two goals at least. He's uh, was very vocal about how things are. And and, and Nazem Kadri, like I like him as a player, and I like him as a uh, like how he is. He's uh, he's outspoken. He says what's on his mind. But sometimes he just needs to shut up and look himself in the mirror. He uh, was very critical of the uh, the way Sutter coaches and the way Sutter uh, talks about his players sometimes. The way he's not the most positive of guy but you know what if, if you play well usually you you get a pat in the back like i said before a pat in the back is uh, only two feet from a, a kick in the ass right and Kadri, he's got to look himself in the mirror uh, before you signed that big contract you knew who the coach was in calgary you knew how he was the, the hockey world is a very small world and kadri has got to find a way to make him uh, to, to zip his yap a little bit because he was the reason why the team lost that game last night i shouldn't say the sole reason they had bad goaltending but not kadri was really bad and for him to go out there and to, to be vocal like he was about Sutter a couple weeks back that should have been he should have been going out there night after night and playing but maybe it's a situation you have there and it's I think it's across professional sports where your uh, managers and ownership force the coach's hand on who gets to play because these guys are making a lot of money and you're not going to play a guy who's making 500 grand uh, to go out there and and hope that they win you're going to put out the guy you're paying six million who's uh who's you're, you're paying to help your team win is supposed to win and you and that's the guy that cadre was supposed to be we were all gangbusters here last uh in the in the area about getting when they went out and got cadre who won a stanley cup with colorado last year but to have him playing the way he did last night it was uh it was a, it was a bad bad look on Kadri last night, and the way he he just didn't seem to care, and the way that they kind of played, they they rolled the lines out there in Calgary last night. It wasn't good, and they're, and they're not getting goaltending like that, and that's the biggest thing. When you're getting when you're not getting goaltending, that's a bad thing. And they're they're running with Markstrom, and I I've said before you got to run with a guy who got you there. But in a game that they should have won last night, maybe they could have had Markstrom sitting on the bench last night, or maybe in the stands, or maybe already in Winnipeg. Who knows? To because uh, that's a, that tonight's game's a big one for the Calgary Flames. And having your, your number one guy, having him rested, because that was a game that they should have been able to just walk through and win last night with Chicago Blackhawks, but they didn't. But the biggest issue that you got in Calgary is that they just don't have the horses. And year in, year out, they just put Band-Aids on things. And this is a lot of teams do it. When when you think your team's close and you're losing in the first round, you're usually not. I mean, there are some outliers. that the, I think the Leafs are close. Er, I shouldn't say close. They're close-er than Calgary, right? So it's one of those things. Like Edmonton's close like they're they're right there they're getting some goaltending from skinner but we'll stick with the flames like the flames have been just close for a lot a lot of years in 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 ownership's eyes and they they don't do much they they go out and get a player and they get a band-aid here and they get a band-aid there yeah they had two guys who defected pretty much over the summer with with uh kachuk and with johnny goodrow but over the in general year they they're not close they're they have they have teams that are okay make the playoffs win around and that's all they're, they're going to do and they don't have any any uh, guys that you look at are going to be generational type players or Hall of Fame type players, and and like that's tough to get. But you look at every team, almost two. Uh, you go down the roster, Stanley Cup champions over the last twenty years. Uh, they're generational talents on those on those teams. You have like Washington only won the one with with Alex Ovechkin, but you have Pittsburgh, you have Los Angeles teams that, that won some that uh, you, they, they have hall of Sherlock hall of fame guys on those squads. Yes. Winning the Stanley cup helps your, your hall of fame cause. I get it. But then you look at Chicago, who's got, got 
Hall of Fame type players, a generational player in Patty Kane. Uh, is Taves a generational player? No, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's not a generational player, but Patty Kane's one of the, is the, the greatest American hockey player to ever play the game, probably. I don't think that's a, too disputable. So when you get a generational type of player like they have on those teams like I talked about, maybe the only team that, that didn't get um, that kind of a, a generational type player or, or Hall of Fame type guys is the, the 2019 team. Uh, the the uh, St. Louis Blues, who won that Stanley Cup on the backs of Sheena Easton in the song Gloria, and that's and and that's almost uh, they they got on each other's backs that that year. But in general, you have to break it down to almost nothing, and then go get and then draft well, and then get guys through 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 free agency. You can't just keep going with the same guys year after year and hoping that your team's going to do okay. And then having ownership group that just gets guys and just wants wants people in the building, wants to have a few guys here and there. It, it doesn't work. You have to break it down. Pittsburgh was awful, and then they went out and got Crosby, and then they got Malkin, and then and the like, and Latang. You look at those two teams, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Los Angeles Kings, they had a base of three or four guys who each played a thousand games each for that franchise and they went out and won Stanley Cups like they had Drew Doughty, Anzi Kopitar and, and Brown, Dustin Brown there and then they got a great goaltender Jonathan Quick, that's what you need to do to, to build a franchise with the hopes of winning the Stanley Cup and you, I named those players and that's just with the hopes of winning a cup, that's no guarantee, so when Calgary, you look at the guys they've had over the years, like Jerome McGinley, Mika Kiprasov and who's their goalie been ever since Really, and, and Drew McGinley and Kiprasov is how many years ago? Like, it just doesn't work to have guys that just aren't going to do it and, and just to put Band-Aids on things with the hopes of getting it. And then what happens is if you make the playoffs like they, they just might do or they miss the playoffs, which, are, which is more likely to happen, they're in a situation where they are going to end up drafting 17th overall. And then who's that? Because basically after the top 10, all the rest of the players are just are just guys with the hopes that you, that are going to help you out. Like you, you that, that game last night, you got to win that hockey game last night because that that Calgary team should have been desperate to win because that was a Chicago team that's pretty much or Chicago franchise that's desperate to lose. Now with that win last night, they actually fall into a tie with the Columbus Blue Jackets for 32nd spot in the National Hockey League. That franchise doesn't want wins right now, so you wonder what that dressing room is like uh, or the world headquarters in Chicago is like by getting that win. They're probably given a Luke Richardson, the head coach, Chicago Blackhawks, a bit of a, uh, uh, a, a stern finger wagging, I guess you could say. Hey, don't be doing that. Don't be winning hockey games. We can't afford to be winning games. We're tanking for for Bedard, and that's what they're trying to do because that's what you need to do to win a Stanley Cup. You you look at teams like like uh, to, that's why I said like to, Toronto probably has a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup right now than, than most teams do because they went out and they, they do have a generational player in Austin Matthews. They have a guy who's having a tough season this year. Turns out he's had a, a bad risk that you can't shoot the puck as well as he did last year when he got 60 goals or whatever it was but they have generational guys they have a Mitch Marner but they don't have a defense they don't have goaltending so like how, how close are they you look at Edmonton they, they've been weak forever they've had a lot of first round draft picks but it's all kind of coming together now with guys like McDavid obviously with Dreisaitl Nugent Hopkins was a first overall pick how many years ago yeah it's been a long time but it's all kind of coming together you have to completely break it down and have not almost bare bare bone shelf to have any chance of winning because it's hard because now what happens is, is you get guys that want this contracts you get a guy like Kadri who's in the not the twilight of his career but he's on the back nine of his career that all of a sudden he's got four or five years left and all of a sudden that four or five turns into eight years because that's what the contracts go get and that's what the the, the marketplace is with hopes of winning 
It doesn't make sense to go out and give these guys, especially with the the speed of the game now and the way the game is played now, to go out and and pay for 30 and 30, 31, 32-year-old guys. I don't understand why these GMs do it and why these owners do it just with the hopes of winning because Calgary's not close. And that, that effort last night showed it. Is it just a backlash of Sutter? Could be. Is it is it lack of goaltending? Could be. Is it just lack of talent? Could be. Or or you know what? When you have all three of those things put together, that's what it is. It's just not a good hockey team right now. They they probably would be better off to not make the playoffs. But you make the playoffs, it's two home dates, and then that that's extra money in the owners' pockets. And that's what a lot of these owners want. They just want a few few more home dates. And they, 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 there has to be some sort of a. a, a a realization or in, in Calgary Flames at World Headquarters with the Flames in the Ivory Towers that they weren't going to win the Stanley Cup this year and maybe falling and falling apart and saying, okay, we lost our two best guys. Let's play some younger guys and see what we got. But then you have a, a competitive coach like Sutter and you have guys that you're, you're spending so much money on. What are you going to do? You can't not try to win. You can't not try to put a, a decent team on, on, on the ice when you're spending 70 whatever million dollars on your franchise. And it's it's tough to, to, to get these kids to play when you have 12, 14, 15 million bucks sitting on the bench. You can't you can't expect the, the, the Flames fan base to say, "Okay, let, let's play. Let's play the kids and see what we can do." It just doesn't work that way. Like it's it's such a tough thing to do, and it's so hard to get get through it all. And you just wonder what the, what the steps ahead for the Calgary Flames is going to be, and for a lot of these National Hockey League teams that think that they're close. Because when you think you're close, you're probably not. Like you were probably not, and you you have a deep down realization that your team isn't very good, and you're not going to be, be winning any, anything this year. You, you got to think that the, the Boston Bruins. Uh, are, do they have a guarantee to win anything? Nope. That's going to be a, a tough run to go through, even though they have 120 points, whatever it is already, uh, already uh, before the season's over, three or four games left. And the thing about the National Hockey League is you want to be in, in a situation right now in a playoff spot, could confirm, so you can rest a couple of guys. Now the Flames, if they have a chance of getting in, if the Winnipeg Jets have a chance of getting in, there's tough games ahead for them, so they're not going to be able to rest. Y- y- yes, you get a few days off before you start the playoffs, but to a man, you want to be able to rest some guys at this point the season and say okay here's what here's what we got let's let's take take a seat and uh, get give our give our older bodies a little bit of rest because of the Stanley Cup playoffs and especially the first round it's a gauntlet and it's tough Toronto's got a tough goal they could probably sit a few guys right now Tampa's got, a, got they had a tough goal all season long they could they can rest some guys that's who they're playing the first round whether it's at home or away what we me and Dave talked about that the other night on 1420 would you rather start at home or on the road and that's a funny thing because overdrive was talking about it yesterday they're still they're stealing our uh they're stealing our material a little bit on on overdrive on TSN and out of out of Toronto but it's it's crazy how you think that these teams think that they have a chance and they really don't and like you, you, it's, it's it's hard to see ownership being very happy or maybe they are maybe they're, they're making enough money where they say okay good enough but you would think that maybe ownership would want to see what they got and if a team's not doing well with the guys that they're spending 15 16 million bucks for a, a, a first line where you got two guys making seven and a half million bucks whatever it may be and they're not doing anything putting them on the bench might not be the worst thing and the fan base might might appreciate it more to put a fourth liner out there and see what they can do because if they score it can't be any worse than what they got out of Cadre last night to put a kid out there to, to, to say hey okay give it a shot and have Cadbury on the bench. But then you get management saying, why is he on the bench? We're paying him this much money. And analytics say that he's going to, he has a better chance of getting a goal. His expected goal differential is higher than the other kids. And that's where the analytics go completely wrong. It's tough. It's tough to win. And you got to have guys who are Hall of Famers. You got to have generational type guys to win in the National Hockey League, almost to every sport. And to, to just plug guys in and overpay them, which most 
franchises do because the market value says this. I think that, that's got to change. I'm not pro-owner. I'm not anti-player because I think that they're all underpaid. In every sport, I think these guys are the top top of their game no matter what. And I think these guys should be getting paid, should be getting paid a lot more. But the revenue says this and everything else. So it's, it's another story for another day. But when your guys aren't producing – have them sit on the bench because if they're not winning after game 78 and you put an effort in like that, you're not doing yourselves any favors. And it's, it's, it's tough for the fan base to, to, uh, to watch that and to have to listen to that night after night with the talking heads on afterburner. I was watching them last night the fan base in Calgary, they're pissed. They're not happy with it, with Kadri, with Sutter, the goaltending and everything else, but it goes right to the top with Brad Trail living uh, that maybe they just signed the wrong guys, or maybe it comes right, right from ownership. Who knows? But it, it, I'm sure it's, it's in every fan base. I'm sure it's in Winnipeg. I'm sure it's in Vancouver. I'm sure it's all over everywhere that, that, that these these franchises just don't get it. That they don't get it. That just plugging guys in and putting a bandaid over over a over a, a bullet wound isn't going to do anything. And you really have to make things a little bit better and break things right down. Find generational talent. Find Hall of Famers. And that and that's how that's how you win. And that's the only way you win. Does winning make you a Hall of Famer? Yes, absolutely. Like, who, who's a, how do you know who a Hall of Famer is once the, the season starts or once they're they're drafted in the first round or the fourth round or the sixth round or wherever it may be? You don't know until you get going a little bit. But having guys who are just plugs, not not plugs, just plugging guys in and hoping that, that they are great players, you, you, you're never going to win anything that way. And inserting player A and player B into a, into a lineup, it, did never, it never works because there, there has to be a bit of a, um, a, a blend inside the dressing room as well. There has to be building up building of a team, team bonding, and just plugging A and B into the into the franchise, it ne- it never, ever works. And then, well, anyways, there's my rant for that. I could have talked about that all day long. We don't have time. We're going to get 14, 20 in the morning. I'm already past the uh, past the time limit, the 14, 20 in the morning. But anyways, on this day in 1981, the Philadelphia Flyers under coach Pat Quinn lost uh, two nothing at the Spectrum. Two nothing to New York Rangers. Uh, the Flyers received four penalty minutes to add to their what was then an NHL team record four penalty minutes of two thousand six hundred and twenty one pims uh, for the season. That's surpassed by four other teams and currently held. The penalty record is currently held by the Buffalo Sabres right now. In 1991-92, they had 2,713 penalty minutes in the 90, uh, the 91-92 season. Some a little bit. But anyways, you look at this uh, video if you're watching on YouTube later on or if you're watching live. Thank you very much you for doing it. Uh, this brawl between the, the Flyers and the Canucks. Well, that was the Wild West back then. I couldn't believe that was a part of the game that we love and cherish to this day. But anyways, uh, happy birthday Two, kind of loose on birthdays lately, but happy birthday to current New York Islander Bo Horvat, born on this day in London, Ontario in 1995. Horvat was drafted the first round, ninth overall by the Vancouver Canucks after playing uh, his for his hometown London Knights. Horvat was traded to, uh, this year to the to the New York Islanders from Vancouver. He's currently uh, on an eight-year, $8.5 million bucks per year contract. He has 37 goals and 28 assists so far this season. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Bo Horvat, Bo, Bo Horvat has 65 points. And he's going to be making $68 million, $8.5 million bucks a year. Seems like a bit of an overpayment for me for a guy who's okay. Is he a generational guy? No. Is he a good player? Yep. But half that money, I think, is, is, is what uh, those guys should be going for because uh, it's, it's hard to put the rest of the franchise together and the rest of the team together but if that's what the going rate is that's what the going rate is and I'm not going to change that in the, in the hockey world anyways uh 
yeah, being mediocre just makes you mediocre. And uh, if you, like I said, if you're a mathematician this time of year, your your team's in trouble. Anyways, Caldera Lab, thank you very much for being a sponsor of our show. I uh, got the clean slate right here. If you're looking on watching on YouTube, it's a great face wash. Make sure you guys use it and the base layer. Get that youthful exuberance back in your face and uh, clear up all that all that uh, the oil and everything else. It's a uh, you know yet they have a, a, a long list of uh, clean ingredients because you can't read half of them. You know it's a, it's good stuff. Anyways, thank you very much for Caldera Lab for being a sponsor of the show uh thank you guys for listening every day on on uh spotify apple instagram everything following us on youtube and, and the like so make sure you guys talk to people about the show get it out there keep it going we enjoy putting these shows out for you uh dave and i are back tomorrow night we got another 14 20 in the morning like every day starting about eight o'clock every day we'll get these out there uh that's eight mountain time so maybe i'll try to get up a little bit early but sometimes you never know what could happen anyways that's 14 20 in the morning for this April the 5th, 2023. Remember, everybody, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Let's get into it.